When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation. It's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Charlie. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast brought to you by our great friends at My Bookie. Charlie and I get in on the action at My Bookie each and every week during the college football season. In fact, I get in on the action basketball season, football season, all season long. And My Bookie is the best place for you guys to jump in on that action as well because they have two great promo codes for you guys to choose from right now. You can use our exclusive Glory UGA promo code. By going to mybookie.ag, use our code UGA to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit for all new users. That does come with a playthrough, so if you want to avoid the playthrough, they're offering you another deal. Use the code 200CASH to get a 10% cash bonus straight to your account. No strings attached whatsoever. So two great options for you guys to choose from to figure out what fits your needs best. So check it out today, mybookie.ag. But I am your host, Tyler, and back with me again today. Charlie, what week are we on? With the bye week, I lose track of things. This is week eight? Wait, 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 wait. We won seven games, right? No, you're right. It's week eight. So it's week eight. So our week eight picks of the week. And Charlie, it was so bad for me last week that I just stopped even like keeping track. So I'm going to I just, I'm gonna turn over to you here. I know you have your handy-dandy notebook ready to go because, of course, you do. Clutching it very close to your to yourself today, I see. No one me to see any of it, I guess. But yeah, I, I just stopped. I like stopped even paying attention to it because it was just uh, very frustrating last week. So, what was the damage? What was the damage, Charlie? All right. Well, we'll start with you. You went five and eight last oh, week. Oh, I actually thought it was worse than that. You are now forty and forty-three overall. It, that is so absurdly pathetic. I am. I cannot adequately express how thoroughly embarrassed I am of these picks this season. Like two years in a row over 60%. And I'm like, I'm not even at 50. It's just, oh, oh, I'm sorry. It's just, an outlier year. Disgusting. Your parlay did not hit. So you are now four and three with parlay. I think with the parlay, like I got one of the four left. I don't think it was close. And I'm usually at least close. Usually when I miss a parlay, it's like I miss one leg. No, it was just bad. That was just bad, Charlie. I got no excuses. You also went 0 and 3 with your upset specials. It was bad, Charlie. It was a rough week. Which means you it are. It was a. Uh, Hard times here. Two and eight as an upset special. Well, you know what, Charlie? You know what happens when you go through hard times? Rise above it. Eventually, you come out of it. Yeah. And that's luck. what's going to happen, Charlie. I'm pulling myself up my freaking bootstraps. You've said that every week. What's going to happen eventually? Maybe. Hey, I had a nine and three week. I thought I was rolling nine and three, and then it's just been awful, 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 like three weeks in a row. I just, 
I don't even know. I'm at a loss. I'm like gun shy now. I was looking at the card this week. I was like, yeah, I like this, but do I? But do I? And I'm questioning myself. I mean, in that situation, it's like, I don't even know what's going on. It's okay. The people enjoy laughing at you. Yeah, it's okay. I did a little better than you. I went three and three last week. 26 and 23 overall, so above 500. Um, I feel like you're cheating. I am not. No, cheating. you're not cheating. But like your strategy is working out. Like you have. Have you had more than six picks on your card in, like in a month? I can go back and look, but probably not. No, no, I'm not saying that's wrong. Like that's a strategy. That's that's a move. And I'm like spraying the board here. I like to talk about football games, and I want to give our listeners some football talk on this episode. That's kind of why we do this. And uh, it's kind of working against me with just spraying the board. I'm like, oh yeah, I think I like this. Why not? Let's just go with it because I get excited because I like college football. And so this week, I'm trying to be more disciplined. Disciplined Tyler. That's, that's what we're happening. That's what's going on this week. Why do you give us so many picks again? Because I like college football. Mm-hmm. And I think people want to... I mean, they listen to this. They want to hear college football talk, right? I think that's why people are listening. I just wanted you to say that you love college football. I do love college football. excited for a third or fourth time. I'm very excited. about the last about, minute. I, 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 Charlie, how dare you first okay. off? First off, how dare you I'm, come here and talk like that to me? Well, I, I'm winning right now, so. Oh, oh, so that's so you can do whatever you want. Okay, yeah. fair enough. I'm I guess also the all. star of the podcast. Oh, you, oh, you are the star of the yeah. podcast. So, okay, so I did miss my parlay. I'm now three and four on parlays. I missed my upset special, which was A and M. So I am also two and four for upset specials. So you've told us a little bit about last week. Any other thoughts you'd like to add? Give me the notebook. Let me get. Give me this notebook because I, I know that I got. I got frustrated. This is why I stopped keeping track of it after like midway through the through the. Saturday because I got so frustrated that not that just I was losing the way I lost these games right this has been like all season long I stand by most of these picks that I've lost all year and I would make them again and that was the case again last week for example Charlie did you see the West Virginia Houston game did you happen to catch how that ended yes oh yeah well guess who I had in that game Charlie yeah you're right your boy had West Virginia and no, I don't get West Virginia. I lose that parlay. There's a freaking last play, Hail Mary, where they bat the ball up instead of bat the ball down. What is going on? That one, that's the right side of that bet. I'm sorry, that was the right side. They beat Houston all game long. Whatever, whatever. That was ridiculous. Um, NC State was a terrible pick. NC State, just they're so bad on offense. Like I, whatever. I mean, Duke didn't even have Riley Lear. Didn't have their starting quarterback. And God, NC State's offenses. They scored three points that game. Three points against Duke. Uh, what else did I miss here? Um, oh, yeah, UCLA, Oregon State. I had under 55 in that game. Well, you know what, Charlie? I missed that bet. You know why I missed that bet? I was on the right side. I, I knew that UCLA, I think, at least I believe I was on the right side. UCLA's offense is not good. They have a true freshman quarterback playing right now. He's also not good right now. But you know what he did, Charlie? I underestimated how bad he was. He threw three picks in the first half. One of those was a pick six. The other two set up short fields for Oregon State. In their in UCLA's territory, that they converted into points, and if that doesn't happen, that goes under. Just, just bad breaks, man. Bad breaks. Uh, Oregon State under thirty-one. They got a pick six. That would I could have hit that one. We got freaking pick six. Uh, let's see what Memphis Tulane. I had Memphis plus four and a half. Memphis is up twenty-one ten. They blow the game in the second half. I still like that bet. Uh, the parlay was just, I mean, Wisconsin was one of my parlays. Uh, did I have Wisconsin on the? No, I didn't have a line there. But anyway, was Wisconsin. Quarterback, Tanner Mordecai gets hurt. Backup quarterback comes in. They lose a freaking game to Iowa. Iowa can't score a touchdown to save their freaking life. They have their backup quarterback in. So it's about the backup quarterbacks. Didn't know that was going to happen. Louisville turns the ball over four times to Pitt, who can't score to save their lives with a new quarterback. Just ridiculous stuff. Uh, let's see what else. One more. Oh, Auburn. Yeah, so LSU minus 11 against Auburn. Well, LSU destroyed Auburn. 
I knew that they would, and I got that one right. That's one of, how many did I get? Five. That's one that I got right. I also had LSU, Auburn under 63. You know what, Charlie? That would hit too, but you know what LSU did with like four minutes left? Like two and a half, three and a half minutes left? They decided to run up a little more score to the touchdown. So cool. That was great. Um, yeah, so things like that. Actually, that happened with UCLA and Oregon State. UCLA scored a touchdown with like three minutes left, a garbage time touchdown to push it over 55. So yeah, I don't know. I know that the numbers don't look good, but I still feel like I'm seeing the board. I like the bets. I like the card last week. It just, the balances keep going against me, Charlie. I know that sounds like I'm just making excuses. I know what it sounds like, but the facts speak for themselves. I just read you out how, how each of those games played, Charlie, how they played out. And I should have won at least half of those that I lost, but I didn't. And that's kind of been the entire season for me. So yeah, there we go. I guess I'm off my soapbox. Just frustrating, Charlie. Do you feel better now? <sighs> no, no, because I... This is very, very, very frustrating, very embarrassing for me. But it is what it is. This is my reality right now. But eventually, these balances are going to go my way. They cannot keep going against me like this all season long. And there's all plenty right. of time left. Well, let's let's take a deep breath. Okay. All right. All Dig right. deep. I'm, I, I'm, I and mean, prepare for... I think I got some winners this week too, Charlie. But you know what? They're not going to win. Okay. Well, That's you what need, happens. You need to be more optimistic. Um, why? Prepare yourself for week eight and let's talk football. All right. I do like talking football. Let's go. All right. So Tennessee fans have spent the last year beating their collective chests about last year's epic win over Alabama in Knoxville, which was their first win against the Crimson Tide in 15 tries. But But according to Tennessee fans, they just own Alabama, which is like, I guess that's Tennessee logic, Rocky Top logic. Yes. Hmm. It's different. Hmm. All right, this year Nick Saban and the Tide are out for retribution against a Tennessee team that just quite simply is not as good as they were a year ago. I think we can all agree on oh, that. Oh, yeah, they are not as good. Bama is an eight-and-a-half point home favorite, and the point total is currently sitting at 48-and-a-half. Tyler, are you putting this on your card? What are your thoughts? I have thoughts on the game. I'm not putting it on my card. Eight-and-a-half is... It's weird. My first inclination when I first saw the line, I was like, oh, yeah, Bama all day, every day. Eight and a half? Come on. Yeah, let's go. Single digits? Come on. But the more I think about it, it's like I've watched this Alabama team quite a few times this year. Defensively, they are awesome. I do not think Tennessee is going to score a lot of points. In fact, I strongly consider taking the under. Was it 45 and a half? Is that what you said? I think 45 and a half, right? 48 and a half. 48 and a half. Okay, so 48 and a half. I consider strongly consider taking that. I'm still considering taking it, but it's not on my card right now. I might change my mind. I also considered the Tennessee team total under. I think it was like 16. But I just, I don't know. I, I don't trust the Bama offense. The Tennessee defense is good. So honestly, if I leaned one way on this, I might take the under. Under 48 and a half is probably the right side here. Joe Milton, guys, I mean, he threw for barely 100 yards last week against AM. And you know what? Alabama's defense is better. And this game is not in Knoxville. It's in Tuscaloosa, and those fans are going to be out for blood for, based on how Tennessee has absolutely acted like fools beating Alabama for the first time, as you said, in 15 seasons last year. So two offenses that are not nearly as good as they were a year ago. And these are two good defenses. We know how good Alabama's defense is, guys, but if you haven't watched Tennessee play, their defense is legit. They have one of the best pass rushers in the country in James Pierce. He's second in the SEC in sacks, six sacks in the year, nine tackles for loss. He's a good, he's a good pass rusher, man, good player. They're good on defense. Not elite. I wouldn't say that they're elite, but th- their defense is certainly ahead of their offense right now, and you don't normally think of defense when you think Tennessee. Joe Milton is just struggling to throw the football. They run the ball well, but you know what Alabama does really well, Charlie? They stop the run. So if I had to lean one way, I would go under 48 and a half here. In fact, I might, Charlie. Should I do it? Should I pull the trigger? 
Sure. Wait, go wait, wait. For well, it. I'm, I'm supposed to be disciplined today. This is this is the antithesis of being disciplined, Charlie. Well, you're thinking through it. It makes sense though, right? Sure. I don't know what to believe anymore, Charlie. I can't let's help you. Do there. it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Under 48 and a half. Under 48. Under 48 and a half. And a half. I just don't think I don't trust. Joe Milton is not good, Charlie. And Alabama is much better defensively, not much better. They are better than they were defensively a year ago. They're better at safety, which is the big problem last year. And here's the thing. Last year, how was Tennessee able to destroy Alabama and put up 50-plus on them? They were able to run the football. And Bama could not stop the run with even numbers. They had to bring safeties down the box, create a one-on-one opportunities that Tennessee was able to exploit with guys like Jalen Hyatt on the outside. They don't, number one, Alabama can stop the run this year. They're going to stop Tennessee's run enough with even numbers, in my opinion. Number two, Tennessee, even if they are able to run the football and they force Bama to bring guys in the box, they don't have Jalen Hyatt. They don't have Cedric Tillman. They don't even have Brew McCoy. Their top three receivers from last year are not there. Brew McCoy is still on the team, but he's injured. His leg, his ankle fell off a couple weeks ago. It was disgusting. Um, hope he's okay. RIP to his ankle. Uh, but they don't have those receivers right now. So even if they are able to make Bama play one-on-one on the outside, I don't think they can exploit that. I just simply do not think that can happen. So I honestly would be surprised if this even gets to 20. I on the, on the flip side, Bama is struggling offensively themselves. Jalen Milrow can say a lot of the same things about Mil- Milrow as you can Joe Milton, although Milrow at least can give them the, the dynamic running the football. Mil- Milton can run a little bit, but not like, not like Jalen Milrow can. So I, with them struggling and also Tennessee, Tennessee's defense being strong this year, I, I like the under. Yeah, I think that makes sense. That makes sense. So we're going to go with it, Charlie. 48 and a half. Give me the under. That's All a winner. Right. That's a winner. I I know you aren't going to pick a side here. I am going to take Bama minus eight and a half. I'm kind of uncomfortable that it's more than a touchdown. Bama's, I mean, I know Texas game notwithstanding, they are incredibly tough at home. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think, well... Bama's going to be out for blood. For sure. we're not, obviously, they're not as good as they were last year, but they're going to have Tennessee at home. This is a 3.30 game? This is the 3.30 game. 3.30 game. So it's, you know, it's not noon. No. You know, it's not a night game, but it's still 3.30. I think It'll that, be night, like halfway through the game, right? No, I, I guess we're not there at that I point I just yet. don't think Joe Milton is going to be able to keep it together. The noise... No, good luck. If you trust Joe Milton, good luck. He gets frustrated because he just slings it 100 miles an hour (laughs) at all times. Yeah, I mean, I think you're if you're gonna take a side, I think you gotta take Bama, right? As like as you just laid out. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. All right. All right. right. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. All right. What's up next? All right. Moving on. In what has to be the biggest game of the weekend, Penn State and Ohio State are set for a clash of undefeated Big Ten East opponents in Columbus. Penn State has been knocking on the door in the Big Ten East for a couple of years, and now they're armed with a shiny new quarterback in Drew. Aller. Aller. I know, it's a weird, it looks like Allar, but it's Aller. It's Aller. Not, that's how they pronounce it. Yeah. And one of the best running back duos in the country, the Nittany Lions are looking to notch that breakthrough win against the Buckeyes. Ohio State is favored by four and a half at home with a point total of 45 and a half. What, what do you see happening here um, at noon on Saturday? This is an intriguing matchup, Charlie. You guys know one of the stats I'm big on is yardage margin. And right now, Penn State actually has a pretty sizable advantage when it comes to yardage margin. They're about plus 1,500. 
And Ohio State's still good. They're plus about a little over plus 1,100. So statistically, according to yardage margin, Penn State's better. Now, Ohio State having to play at Notre Dame has played a slightly more difficult schedule. So that certainly factors into it. But when you look at this matchup chart, this is a game that Penn State can absolutely win. Neither offense right now is humming on all cylinders. Ohio State's been dealing with a lot of injuries, although they look like they're going to be getting a lot of those guys back. Travion Henderson and Mecca Buka, at least there's indications from Ryan Day. Your favorite, by the way, Charlie, your guy, Ryan Day. Ugh, yeah, not gross. not he's is he as bad as Urban Meyer? Equally, I I don't know. Urban's like a different level. I guess he's not as scuzzy because he's just he cringy. Hasn't yeah, he's such a whiner. And his like jet black hair and beard. Like, come on, bro, come on, come on. We know we know what's going on. Okay, but whatever. No offense to anyone who dyes their hair and their beard, but it's also just like, hey, go Gregory Sweeney. It's all good. Um, all right, so yes, Penn State at Ohio State. Here's the thing with Penn State, guys. Again, neither team is great offensively right now. They're both good relative to the rest of the country, but they haven't been dynamic offensively, to be honest with you. And it's really quarterback play for both sides. And there's a lot of hype around Drew Aller because he's supposed to be like the, the, the savior of the programs. That's been the, the issue with Penn State. They haven't had great quarterback play. Here he comes, big five-star prospect, and to come in there and save the day. And he's been okay. He's been fine. But he's had some games where that were pretty much duds. So he hasn't been great enough. But defensively, both teams have been great. Penn State, guys, has allowed less than 175 total yards in four of their six games this year. Now, they haven't really played anybody much, but hey, they've still done what they had to do against those teams. And they also have not given up more than 175 yards since week three. And we're in, what we say, Charlie, week eight? So that's over a month. Yes. So over a month, right? Long time. Now, the flip side is that offensively, as I was saying, they've only gone over 400 yards once in four tries against Power 5 opponents. The QB situation with Kyle McCord and Drew Aller, basically a wash. Both guys are, were highly hyped coming out of high school. They've been fine, been okay, haven't been disasters, but also haven't been like significant playmakers for their teams, not consistently. If I had to pick a side, I don't know, Troy. I really don't know on this one. Ohio State does have more offensive playmakers, but they've been banged up. Now, allegedly, according to Ryan Day... They're getting, he said they should be getting a Mecca Buka, Trayvon Henderson, and Mayan Williams back. Henderson and Williams being their top two running backs. But if they get them back, how healthy are they? I don't know. That's an interesting question. I think if you had to put money on it, I, I don't, actually, I don't even know, Charlie. Would I, I guess maybe I'd lean Ohio State. I don't know. But if I went any direction, I would, it's another one like the Bama side. I would not take the side. I would take the under 45 and a half. That's the one that was under 45 and a half. Yes. I would say the under 45 and a half here, two really good defenses, two offenses that are good, but not really hitting on all cylinders right now. Quarterback play has been solid, but not elite for either team. So in a game like this, I think it's going to be a classic Big Ten slugfest. I really do. So give me, if I don't put it on the card, but if I had to do, take something here, I would take the under 45 and a half, but I'm not putting that on the card. Well, I think it's a total advantage for Penn State to play this game at noon. Instead oh, absolutely! Of, um, a the big noon kickoff or... is such the, like it's like the worst thing ever. Yeah. Like what? Like they can't even do like wide. Like Penn State's biggest home game of the year is supposed to be the wideout, right? Now they have to do a wideout for like a third tier game because all their best games at home they have to play at noon on big noon kickoff. So ridiculous. All right, we're halfway through. I think our feature slate. We'll take a break real quick. Absolutely. All right, guys. Let's uh, let's talk about my bookie once again here, real quick. I keep telling you guys, but it's the truth, man. When you're putting your money on the line, you want to make sure you are doing so with a sports book that you trust. And there's no one that I trust more out there, and I try to spell all of them. There's certainly no one that I trust out there in the sports book world more than my bookie. They also have a ton of great new tools to help you 
you put that cash to use and actually win some money. You got a cash out early option. So especially with parlays, that's huge. If you don't really have a feel pregame, you're not sure if it's a toss up, just bet live. Watch the first quarter or so of the game, see, kind of get a feel for it, feel things out, and you can bet live. They have a ton of live betting options, more really more than I've seen from any of those other sports books out there. And guys, they have two great promo deals. I keep telling you about them. You got to take advantage of it while you can. You can use our promo code UGA when you go to mybookie.ag to get a 50% bonus on that first deposit if you are a new user. But if you want to avoid the playthrough, you can use the promo code 200CASH to get a 10% cash bonus up to $200 added straight to your account. You can bet your initial deposit and withdraw it and do whatever you want to do with it, guys. So MyBookie is the best option out there for the serious sports bettors. So make sure you sign up for a new account at MyBookie.ag today so you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. Well, fresh off their beating in South Bend last week, USC heads back home to host a Utah team that still has designs of winning The Pac-12 for the third consecutive season, USC has struggled with the Utes losing to them twice last year, including the blowout loss in the Pac-12 title game. But with the Trojans' playoff hopes hanging by a thread after the loss to Notre Dame last week, you have to think they'll come out ready to play in a night game against a team that has had their number in recent years. Yes. Question. I'm curious here. So this is an 8 p.m. Eastern kick, so 5 p.m. Pacific. It's... It's not night there at 5 p.m., right? No, it'll probably be But it'll, it'll eventually be a yeah. night game. Okay, got it. Evening. Got it. Evening, yeah. All right. Well, despite last week's loss with the lingering uncertainty around the status of Utah quarterback Cam Rising, USC is a touchdown favorite in the Coliseum with a point total of 53. So I know Utah has beat them the last three times, right? Yes, three times. And I would like to pick Utah again, but I just, I don't know. They struggle on offense, man. They're so good on defense, but a guy like Caleb Williams – Unless he turns the ball over like crazy like he did against Notre Dame, you got to feel like they're going to score no matter how good your defense is. And can Utah score enough to keep up? Because with Cam rising in the past couple years, yes, the answer was yes. They could score enough to keep up. But no, are we at the point where Cam rising is just not going to play this year? I, I think we're getting to that I point. I think so. It's already week eight. I mean, yeah, he keeps talking. Their coach keeps saying, oh, yeah, yeah, he's practicing. He's coming back. He's like, dude, he's just saying he's not coming back. Like, what are we talking about? He's not coming back. And that certainly limits Utah's ceiling. They're so good on defense, and they run the ball really well. But they don't have Cam Rising, and not only do they not have Cam Rising, they still don't have Brant Keithy, who I don't understand what's going on with that guy. That guy got hurt in, like, September last year, and he still isn't. He had a knee injury in September. Now, I get Cam Rising got hurt in the in the Rose Bowl last year, so that's you're talking about, like, nine, ten months removed from that injury. That makes sense, and it was apparently a really tough injury, multiple surgeries. But Keithy, I don't get, man. That guy's been out for over a year. That one's just weird. He's their best playmaker offensively. He was going to be coming to the season. So they just struggle to throw the football. They really do. Now, USC just struggles to stop anything defensively, especially run. You can run all over that team. I watched them play Arizona the full game. That was a great game, man, a couple weeks ago. And Arizona, man, with a with a freshman quarterback in the Coliseum, absolutely should have won that game. Absolutely should have won that game. If it wasn't just for Caleb Williams putting on the cape and being Superman, Arizona would have won that game. And they go to Notre Dame, though, last week. They turn the ball over a lot, pick a couple, uh, at least one pick six, maybe two pick sixes, but at least one. A bunch of turnovers from Caleb Williams. They don't really protect him very well. Utah's defense is very similar to Notre Dame. So if they can force Notre, force USC into situations like that where they're going to turn the ball over, then, yeah, they absolutely could win the game. For sure they can win the game. 
But, I mean, like, guys, Notre Dame had just barely over 200 yards of offense against USC. That's all they needed because USC was just helping them out so much. But can we count on USC to help out Utah that much again two weeks in a row? I mean, it's possible. I, I just would not say that's likely. And I think Utah, with their offensive limitations, as bad as USC's defense is, I think they're going to need some help because they're just not good enough quarterback. Not only is Utah not good enough quarterback, they just don't have playmakers out wide. They just don't. So I, I think as good as Utah's defense is, USC's still going to score as long as they don't turn the ball over like they did last week. And I just don't know if Utah can keep up with it. So if I had to take a side here, I'm taking USC, but I'm, a, I'm not confident enough because I don't think USC's any good. I think USC could be a three-loss team. I mean, they're going to. I think they're going to lose to... I think they play Washington and Oregon. I believe I could be wrong there, but if they play them, they're going to lose them, lose to those teams. So yeah, USC I don't think is very good, but they're certainly not a playoff caliber team. But Utah I just don't know that offense, man. It's just just very scarily bad sometimes. All right. Well, we have two more games on our slate this week until it's open season. A few weeks ago, this looked like a potentially big time ACC matchup. Um, between Miami and Clemson. But after back-to-back losses for Miami and Clemson's general offensive mediocrity, a lot of the shine has come off of this matchup. Miami famously lost to Georgia Tech. Let's go. That is my saving grace this season, Charlie. Like, plus 920 on that. Or was it 820? I don't know. Whatever. And I had Georgia Tech on the money line, upset special. Didn't put it on the podcast because I'm a freaking idiot. But that's, anyway, sorry. That's just like the one thing I've gotten right that's – Made me very happy in the past couple weeks. Well, and they did it in heartbreaking fashion and followed that up with a road loss to UNC a week ago. Clemson is coming off a bye week, but in their most recent game, uh, the Tigers only managed to defeat a bad Wake Forest team by a 17-12 to margin and weren't able to pull away from the Demon Deacons until late in the fourth quarter. It was a 10-6 game going into the Yeah, it was like a one-score game in the fourth yeah. quarter. Like I think like halfway through the fourth quarter, it was like a one-score game. So neither team is hitting on all cylinders right now, but Clemson is a three-point road favorite with a point total of 48-and-a-half. I actually – did I add, put this one? I did not. I was going to put this one on my card, and then Why I decided you? not to. Well, because you are, and I don't want us to have all of the How same did you know picks. I had this? You just knew I was in a bet on every game? <laughs> we were texting about Oh, picks. I did text you. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Okay, all right, so I do have a pick on this one, Charlie. I am going to take Miami plus three. I know Miami has been hard to trust the past couple weeks, guys. Trust me. It worked in my favor a couple weeks ago against Georgia Tech. But also, watch having watched that full game, I don't know how many of you actually watched the full game. I'm sure you saw the in-game highlights. I watched every snap of that game because, again, I had money on it. Miami dominated Tech in that game. They outgained, like, they doubled up them in, in yardage. But they turned the freaking ball over. It's at the end of the game. They turned the ball over and take a knee. And that's how they lost the game. In fact, here's why. I know Miami's on a two-game losing streak. Now people are off Miami. And I get it. But here's why Miami's lost the last two games, guys. They've turned the ball over nine freaking times in the last two games. They've lost a turnover battle nine to two over the last two games. That's how you lose football games. And here's the thing, guys. They didn't get blown out in either of those games. Despite turning the ball over so much against Tech, they still should have won the game. They never were going to beat North Carolina, but they certainly turned the ball over and, and helped North Carolina. And maybe they don't turn the ball over, they kind of win that game. They certainly could have. The final margin was not a, a big margin there. So if they here's the thing with Miami. If they don't turn the ball over against Clemson, I think they're going to win that game. Because yes, they've turned they've lost the last two games, nine turnovers, but they've actually outgained their last two opponents, UNC and Tech, 935 to 758, about by about 150 yard 50-ish yard margin. So Miami's still a good football team when they don't turn the ball over. They're still the best team in, in the league in rush defense. 
Clemson can't really throw the football consistently because they don't have receivers. They want to run the football with Shipley and Moffa. But if that's what they're going to try to do to Miami, they think they're going to win the game doing that on the road. Look, I know that Miami is not a great home field environment, but I will say this for those fans. There's never a great environment. It's never full. Maybe a Florida State's there. But they do tend to show up more when it's a big brand name opponent like Clemson, although Clemson's been struggling, it's still a brand name opponent. So I think it will be more of a home field advantage for the Hurricanes. They're hungry coming off these last two losses, two very frustrating losses. Honestly, two games they very easily could have won. So I like the Hurricanes here. I think they have more weapons offensively. They're Clemson's really good on defense, but Miami's really good on defense too. So I think with two good defenses here, Miami does have more more weapons. You, you called Clemson's offense mediocre, Charlie. I totally agree with that. I just don't trust Clemson's offense right now. I simply do not. They don't have a great offensive line. They have no playmakers out wide. Shipley runs really hard. Love that guy and how he plays. But teams are loading up against the run because they don't trust them to throw the football. And why would you? So give me Miami. This is a get right game here for the Hurricanes. Give me Miami plus three. All right, our last game for this week's slate. I think this is the f- a first for the Glory UGA podcast, perhaps. We have a game featuring the Duke Blue Devils. I think it's a first. On the featured slate. Yep, I think it's a first. Yep. Let's the, go. The Blue Devils and Seminoles both enter the contest with undefeated ACC records and legitimate shots to make it to the ACC championship game in December. Who would have thought Duke, huh? No, honestly, not me. I, I missed on Duke. I mean, I knew Riley Leonard was good. I am miss, I underestimated Mike Elko. Dude's a really good coach. It's a very well-coached football team. Very good defense. Very good defense. Just extraordinarily well-coached team all the way around. He's a defensive guy, so it makes sense. All right. The status of Duke quarterback Riley Leonard is still up in the air after suffering an ankle injury and the loss to Notre Dame three weeks ago. But backup Henry Bellin. Is that how we say that? Bellin. Bellin. Beelin. I know you're all about the phonetic stuff. But. Was effective <laughs> against a very good NC State defense last week. The Knolls still have national championship aspirations and are coming off of a dominant win over Syracuse last week. Um, I'm trying to remember if I have this one. I don't I'm see di- how Duke wins this game if Ryan Leonard is not playing. I mean, I, I'm not sure how they cut. I mean, I don't know. No. Yeah, I agree. Beelin was fine against NC State. But NC State also cannot move the football to save their the freaking lives. The wheels are coming off. That. NC State, like they're gonna, uh, they're not gonna fire Dave Doran because he's been good for them for a while. But it is ugly. I have no no solution at quarterback right now. But anyway, yeah, I, I'm gonna take FSU in this one. Did you have a pick on this one? I did not. Okay. I was going to, and then I changed my mind. Okay, I'm gonna take FSU minus 14. I've seen this at 14 and a half some places, but. We got it at 14 right now, so yeah, uh, I don't want that hook. So, I mean, FSU minus 14. Look, I'm not going to call Duke fraudulent. Again, I, I think this is a very well-coached football team. Now, there's not an overwhelming amount of talent. Jalen Calhoun's a good is a is a good receiver. Waters is a good running back. Riley Leonard is really good when he's fully healthy and he's playing. And maybe he does play in this game, but I have a hard time believing it would be three weeks coming off the, of the ankle injury. It's possible, but if he does play, is he going to be himself? Because the one thing, like, Riley Leonard is a a good passer. He's not a great passer. What makes him special is his legs. And just because this kind of uncanny ability to break tackles is crazy. It's fun to watch this guy play. But if he's coming back from an ankle injury, I just, even if he does play, I don't think he's going to be 100%. And this Florida State defense is athletic. They're fast. They're good. And I don't think this is going to be a game where even if he plays, he's going to be overly effective. And at the end of the day, I just think that while Duke is a good football team, man, they are good. Florida State's just better. They're just a better, more talented team. They have more ways to beat you. They're at home. 
Roy Leonard, again, is likely out, but if he does play, again, how effective he's going to be, I'm not sure. Um, now, I will say Florida State is apt to sleepwalk through games against lesser brands. They have done that. We saw it earlier in the year with Boston College. We saw it for a little bit with Virginia Tech. We saw it last year against Wake Forest. So, yes, they are certainly liable to sleepwalk through games like this against teams that are lesser brands. I know Duke's a brand in basketball, but they're not in football. But this is a matchup, as you said, Charlie, of teams with perfect ACC records. Duke will have Florida State's full attention in this game because of that. They are going to have their attention. And I do not think that is a good thing for the Dukies. If you got Florida State's attention, Florida State should, I don't want to say necessarily blow out, but beat Duke comfortably. And a 14-point win to me, that's a comfortable win for Florida State. So I'm going to take the Knowles here, minus 14 at home at night in a game, yes, against a lesser brand, but a team that Florida State will take seriously based on how Duke has performed in their record at this point. All right, well, that's the end of the slate. Officially, it's open season. But before we do that, let's talk about Alumni Hall. Let's do it. It's getting chilly. You are always talking about how cold it is, Charlie. I'm freezing, and I hate the cold weather. I know, I know. So. I know. I went to Alumni Hall, and I got myself a new crew neck sweatshirt. And I love it, because it's super fuzzy. Is fuzzy good for shirts? It's warm. It's warm. It's warm. Okay. It's one of like okay. the... I just like fuzzy is not something I say, I want a fuzzy sweatshirt. Well... But you do. Okay. I mean warm. It's not like the... It's not like a... It's like a it's warm nice, soft, Columbia. Warm. Like okay, you would okay. wear it camping. It will keep me warm. But hey, whatever you want. Alumni Hall's got it, right? If I, you like the fluffy stuff. Yes. I also got myself one of the new dry fit long sleeve shirts to run in because they're super comfortable. The men's. It's that time of year. Women just buy a small... Shirtless running season's over, Charlie. Yeah, well, we didn't need that. I'm anyways. just saying, when, like, when it's 99% humidity and 95 degrees, you expect me to run over the shirt out there and die? I mean, I do. Well, well, I mean, yes, Charlie, I think that's probably appropriate. I know, it's unfortunate. I, I'm sorry that you have to deal with that. But I don't have to wear them in the summer. But now I do, and you're right. I had to pick myself up one as well. So, hey, Alumni Hall, guys, if you need something, if you're looking for some cold weather gear, They've got it covered. Hoodies. I'm a hoodie guy this time of year. It's hoodie season for me. So I got the hoodies. You got the jackets. You got the full zips. You got the Q-zips. Any kind of zip you want. Alumni Hall's got it. You like those Q-zips, Charlie? You, you're not a Q-zip person, are you? They you're not a hoodie person. You never wear hoodies. I I've never like, seen you wear a hoodie. I don't like think. hoodies because I feel like I'm being choked. And they don't really make Q-zips for women. They're not. They don't? I think I've seen them for women. But they're not like flattering. Like running gear. Well, yeah, but. But if they did have it, Alumni Hall would have it. If they made yes. it, Alumni Hall would yes. have it, right? they would have it. So the holidays are also right around the corner. Getting here. And I know that since they are a sponsor, you often retweet when there's a flash sale. So, I'm always doing that, yep. folks, pay attention. Get your shopping done early and do it at Alumni Hall because that is where the Bulldogs shop. Look at you, Charlie. Well done. All right. Well, now it's open season. So how many do you have? I have one, two, three. Five left, because of course my total is six. Six again? Yep. I, I swear, this is a strategy. Are you did, are you saying I'm going to pick the six games I like the most? No, I did not intend. I did not set out to pick six games. I just looked through the. I don't picks, think I believe you. And I chose six, and then I had looked like through nine all weeks of them. in a row. I no, it just it's happened. Okay, it's, okay, all right. Coincidence has happened. Yeah. Those How are, many those do you things. have? Well, we've done nine. I've got s- eight more. 
Okay, well, eight go more, ahead. Eight more. I eight more. So, you, well, you want me to start? No, sure. No ladies first thing? No, go Okay. Ahead. All right. So, we've got Clemson out of the way. We've got Florida State out of the way. Let's. I have only one pick in the SEC this week. I guess I have two. It's not at Alabama. But originally, I was only going to have one. Let's go to Jordan-Hare Stadium. And yes, guys, I know how they pronounce it, but... That's ridiculous. It's Jordan Hare Stadium. Anyway, so somebody said that to me. He's like, do you know it's not pronounced Jordan Hare? I was like, yeah, I know. I get it. But like, I'm I'm a Georgia guy. I'm making fun of Auburn. Why would you pronounce him that spelled Jordan as Jordan? It's just ridiculous. Anyway, whatever. Ole Miss, give me the Rebels, minus six and a half. Ole Miss is coming off a bye here, Charlie. What does Ole Miss do really well offensively? Jackson Dart is a competent passer, not an elite passer, but they run the ball really, really well, especially when they're fully healthy and they have Quinshaw Judkins back, which he is back fully healthy now. He missed a couple games, or he played in those games, but he was a shell of himself. But he's back. He's healthy now. And Auburn is 12th in the SEC in rush defense. Give him almost 150 yards a game. Ole Miss is averaging 183 yards rushing game. That's what they do well. It's a bad matchup for Auburn's defense. The defense is honestly are pretty comparable overall. They're number nine and 10 in the SEC in total defense, but the Ole Miss offense is significantly better. Hey, gotta give Auburn credit. They went over 100 yards passing for the first time in like six or seven games against Power 5 opponents dating back to last year against Ole Miss or against LSU last week. Barely, but hey, they did it. So Round of applause for the Auburn Tigers. And they might do it against Ole Miss this week, but Ole Miss's offense is just so much better to comparable defenses. I know it's on the road. The only thing that Auburn really has going for them in this game is the fact that it is on the road. It's it's at home for them, and it's at night. That's a tough place to play. It is, and they're going to want to beat Ole Miss. Ole Miss has a good record right now. It's a good football team. So that's going to be a tough spot for Ole Miss, but Ole Miss is a better football team. The matchups also favor the Rebels. So if I'm going to get Ole Miss at under a touchdown... Yeah, believe it. I'm taking that. Give me Ole Miss minus six and a half. Do you have that one, Charlie? I am also taking Ole Miss minus six and a half. Like you said, they're coming off a bye week. You know, they're a pretty good football team. Yeah, it's a concerning game for me in a couple of weeks. Yeah, Auburn just not 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 so great. Auburn's not good. They're gonna get to six wins. They're gonna get to a bowl game, but they they're not gonna, they're not good enough to beat anybody good. No, they are not. So and Ole Miss yes. is a good team. Ole Miss, go All right. Rebels. All right, go Rebs in that one. All right, I'm gonna go. I got a couple of Big Twelve plays here, Charlie. I'm gonna go to. Oklahoma. Let's go UCF plus 19 against Oklahoma on the road. Now you might be saying, Tyler, UCF has not won a Big 12 game in the history of their lives. That's true, guys. They're 0-3 this year in the Big 12. I know that. I've watched UCF. Actually, I don't even know why. Some way, somehow, I've found myself watching UCF. I think their offense is fun to watch. Here's why UCF is 0-3 in the Big 12, guys. They have been playing without John Rice Plumley since week two against Boise State. And he was playing at a high level before he went down. He's coming back this week. He will be back. And I think that is a game changer for UCF. In fact, even without him, UCF has not been bad. They just have found ways to blow games and to lose games inexplicably. They had a huge lead against Baylor, a huge lead, like a 20-plus point lead in the fourth quarter against Baylor, and some way somehow blew that game. And their backup quarterback, Timmy Smith, had a big part in that, a big hand in that. But if you look at these two numbers, you guys know, again, I'm a big yardage margin guy when in terms of how good are you on a down-to-down basis. That doesn't always mean you're going to win all the football games because crazy things happen. You turn the ball over, penalties, you miss field goals, stupid things like that. Or you, or you have to kick field goals in the red zone. UCF is plus 800 on the year. Oklahoma is a little bit better, but they're just like right about plus 900 on the year. So yes, Oklahoma is better at the yardage margin, but only slightly so. They're clearly, they clearly have a better record and they've been crisper and they've done a better job of obviously have a big win against Texas, but they've also had their starting quarterback all year long. 
UCF has not had that luxury. What UCF does well, guys, they run the ball extraordinarily well. That's why I like watching them play. The way they run the football, the run schemes, they have two really good backs in Rufus Harvey and Richardson, two really good guys that are very different. Harvey's more of like the grinders and run through you. He's, he's good in space. Richardson's just a dynamic, explosive athlete. They run the ball really well. But now you add John Rice Plumley back to the equation, that's going to add to the run game and the pass game. Timmy Smith could move fine, but he's not Johnny Rice Plumley. Like they're not doing a bunch of design QB run stuff with Timmy Smith. That's what they do with Plumley. Plumley has never traditionally been a great passer. He had taken strides the first couple games of the season. He looked really good throwing the football. And Texas against Oklahoma, I know Oklahoma won that game. Texas ran for 156 on the Sooners, though. And in fact, against Big 12 opponents, Oklahoma's given up an average of 150 rushing yards a game. Their rush, overall rushing numbers look a little bit better because they like stoned some of the like Arkansas State, you know, Tulsa earlier in the year. But against Big 12 opponents, they're going to have 150 rushing yards a game. UCF is the best rushing team in the Big 12. Matchups, guys, matchups matter. I'm not saying UCF's going to win the game, but plus 19, I'll take those points all day long. So UCF, uh, look, this is a, a solid team. Again, I know their record doesn't say they are, but they're they're being outgained by about 175 yards total in the year. But again, that's without their starting quarterback. Or at least they're being outgained by Big 12 opponents by about 175 total yards. But again, all those are without their starting quarterback. On the other side, Oklahoma is only outgaining Big 12 opponents by about 175 total yards. They've won those games. The point totals tell you one thing, but on a down-to-down basis, they're not completely dominating those games. I mean, Cincinnati was terrible, guys. They beat Cincinnati 20-6 to a couple weeks ago, and that was a much closer game than it had any business being. So UCF, I know it's on the road. I know they haven't been playing well in the Big 12, but Rice, John Rice Plumlee coming back, I think is a difference maker for them. Give me the Golden Knights plus 19. All right, Golden Knights plus 19. Do you have any Big 12 plays? Big 12... No, I do not. All right, I got one more, so I'll go with this one real quick. Give me, uh, give me Texas Tech minus three at BYU. I almost took this one off. I had it, and I was like, kind of talking myself out of it because it's, you know, it's at BYU. It's in Utah. It's a different kind of environment. You got altitude, all that kind of stuff. But BYU is not good, guys. This is a, you know, you guys know Arkansas. I had a win total in Arkansas. I guess I still technically have it hanging on by a thread. And it's, all, it's hanging on by a thread because they blew the game against BYU. They were up all game. Some, some way, somehow, BYU, well, Arkansas gave that game away, and that's how BYU won that game. But BYU is not a good football team, okay? They have been outgained by Power 5 opponents by 170 yards a game, guys. They're being outgained by 170 yards a game against Power 5 opponents. They have been held to under 300 total yards by three of the four Power 5 opponents that they've played this year. They have yet to crack against any opponent. Not just Power 5, any opponent all year, BYU has yet to crack the 400-yard mark all season long. And they've played Sam Houston, who's won, I think, one game on the year, and something called Southern Utah, and they've still yet to go for over 400 yards of total offense. This is a, an abysmally bad offense, guys. They can't throw the ball. Keaton Slow is, like, terrible. They don't really have any playmakers out wide. They can't run the football. Their offensive line is a travesty. They can't do anything on offense. They're decent on defense. Texas Tech does have Baron Morton, their backup quarterback playing. Tyler Shucks out for the year, but Morton's now got a couple starts under his belt. They have the leading rusher in the Big 12 behind him, which certainly helps. I think Texas Tech's just a better football team. I know it's on the road. I know it's in the mountains. I get it, but give me Texas Tech minus three on the road in Provo. All right, Charlie, you got to get a pick from you. What do you got? All right, let's go to the Big 10 real quick. We have... 
a rivalry game with Michigan. Is hosting Michigan State, and Michigan State, the Spartans, they are just... Have you seen the news that at least their fans think they're hiring your boy, Urban Meyer? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Urban Meyer, back in the Big Ten, baby. I feel bad for them then. I don't know. I mean, that's just a rumor. Who knows? But their fans are like, they're buying into it. Mm, well, good for them. Hope so they you go from Mel Tucker it. to Urban Meyer. Like, wouldn't you try to find maybe a higher character guy? Yep. Well, potentially? Michigan is ranked, what, two in the AP poll? Yep. They're favored by 24 hey, here. Hey, Troy, Michigan's the best team in the country, okay? Haven't you heard? I mean, that's fine. They probably are they right now. It. Right. I'll take Michigan minus 24. Ooh, taking the side. Yep. Michigan minus 24. I like it. It's a rivalry game. That's bold, but they are significantly better than Michigan State. I don't hate that one at all. I do also have a play on this game, Charlie. I'm not taking the side here. I'm going to take Michigan over 34. I think this number is shockingly low for the team total. I know it's a rivalry game. I guess that's playing into it. It's on the road. Yeah, I get it. Michigan State, I know their record's terrible, but they've actually been like pretty competitive the past couple of weeks, but they also have not played a team of Michigan's caliber, not even like remotely close. Michigan has scored at least 45 points in three of their four Big Ten games. The only team that they did not score 45 against in the Big Ten was Rutgers. They scored 31 in that game. Maybe saying, well, Rutgers is terrible. Rutgers used to be terrible. Rutgers is not terrible, guys. Rutgers is going to make a bowl game. Like They got five wins already. They're going bowling. Rutgers, by the way, has a top 10 defense nationally. So, I, I understand why they didn't score 45 against Rutgers. That's a good defense. Michigan State defense is not the level of Rutgers defense this year. And here's the other thing. Not only is Michigan's offense good, and they're blowing teams out right now, Michigan State is going to help them do that. Because Michigan State right now, guys, they have turned the ball over 15 times. 15 times this year, guys, which is the second most in the country. They're 130th nationally in turnovers, 15 of them. They have turned the ball over 12 times in their three Big Ten games. In fact, Iowa, who they lost to, Iowa barely had over 200 yards of offense against Michigan State because, I mean, it's Iowa. They can't move the football. But the Hawkeyes somehow managed to score 26 points in that game. How did that happen? Because Michigan State gave them easy scores, easy touchdowns, turn the ball over. I think there's a punt return touchdown there. Michigan State is a sloppy team. They're not disciplined. They turn the ball over like crazy. And Michigan's already better than you. And if you're going to turn the ball over like that, because is, is it magically just going to be better against Michigan, against the best team that you've played this year? No, I don't expect that to be the case. They're going to turn the ball over. They're going to set up Michigan for short fields. Michigan will capitalize on that. And Michigan, in my opinion, is going to easily go over 34. I know I've been wrong a lot this year, but I like that a lot. Michigan over 34. All right. Do you have any Pac-12 plays? I have. I do, but I have another Big Ten play. Oh, okay. Yeah, stay in the Big Ten. Okay. I'm going to go one more Big Ten play here. I'm going to go, uh, man, what a game here, guys. This is a barn burn, baby. Let's go. Rutgers, Indiana, game of the week. We all know. We're all just salivating to watch this game. Give me Rutgers, Indiana, under 41. I just told you how good Rutgers defense is, guys. They are top eight nationally in total defense. They're 12th nationally in scoring defense. Now, that's great, but uh, on the flip side, they can't score. They don't move the ball well. They're 110 national total offense, 75th national scoring offense. And then Indiana, dear God, that offense, uh, man, that, that's an illegal offense. That should not be legal what they put out there in the field. 120th national total offense, 125th national scoring offense. Two offenses that can't move the ball, can't score. Rutgers defense is awesome. So I think this is a clear recipe for a Big Ten smash mouth under 41 games yeah give me Rutgers Indiana under 41 I have to have some reason to watch that game Charlie all right do you want to go I have an SEC play I also have a Pac-12 play where do you want to go go SEC I don't have any more but you jump on that all right 
Mizzou is hosting South Carolina. Mizzou, I mean, got to give them credit. They're a pretty darn good football team this year. Uh, they very easily, they probably should come into Athens in a couple of weeks with one loss. And that is And that's going to be a massive game. That scares me because that's a really good passing team, and we have traditionally struggled against the pass, and I don't know, man. Yeah, they Freaky. are favored by 7.5 at home. South Carolina, they have a horrible defense. I mean, their coach broke his foot because he kicked something. Can we last talk about weekend. that for a second? I mean, what sure. a petulant child he is! Isn't it, isn't it funny how the media is turning on him? Yeah, and well, I mean, it, he's it's just like it's just like Dan Mullen. We were saying forever, Dan Mullen's a clown. Dan Mullen's a clown. The the national media loved him, and then finally they woke up and said, "Oh yeah, he's a clown. He sucks." We've been saying that Shane Beamer from the start. He's a clown. He's a clown. He's a clown. He's a petulant child. Media loved him. Won those two games last year. Oh, Shane Beamer, Shane Beamer, and now like, oh no, he sucks. He's a clown. Yeah. Yeah, that's just the reality. Yeah. And then did you see his press conference? He tried to defend it. He was like, oh, I know what you're going to say. I know you're going to say that it's a coach lost his temper, but no, I care. I'm like, dude, every coach cares. You know what every coach doesn't do? Kick stuff on the sideline. Sorry. Anyway, go ahead. Shane Beamer's a fraud. All right. So I'm going to take Missouri minus seven and a half. Sorry about at that. Home. I, I'm sorry. He's my new Dan Mullen, I guess. I'm not even really, I don't even care about him. Getting it's a little just, angry there. It's kind of scary. He's just, God, he's, I, I don't like it when, like, the media can't see through some of these coaches sometimes. It's like, dear God, what? Like, just come on, what are you doing? So you have Mizzou, right? All right, here's the thing, Charlie. I love that pick. I think Mizzou is going to win this game. Mizzou should win this game comfortably. However, I'm not picking Mizzou. This is a heart. I, I'm trying to be disciplined, Tyler, right? I don't want Missouri to win this game. I want Missouri to have two losses. Now, here's the, the catch-22. Our schedule, you know, people like to rip our schedule, right? So if we some way, somehow, like, slip up somewhere along the way, It'd be really nice to, for some of these games on the stretch to actually be better than people thought they were. So like a tougher schedule, right? So that gives us some credit. Maybe because I'm worried right now if we do slip up and lose one game that we don't get the playoff. I'm very concerned about that. And even if we win the, I know you were say, well, the one loss SEC, SEC champs definitely going to get in. Are we sure about that? Are we sure about that? What if we have an undefeated Florida State? What if you have an undefeated Oklahoma? What if you have an undefeated Michigan? What if you have an undefeated Washington? I don't care if it's a one loss SEC champ. You're not getting over that, right? So. Now, maybe one of those teams gets knocked out, but we have to have some good wins against teams that people respect. So on one hand, it's like, well, we need Missouri to be good. We just need to beat them. That's probably ideal. But let's say that we happen to lose to Missouri. Let's, I don't I don't even want to think about that. But like if we did, well, it'd be nice if they had already had two losses so that we have to worry about the, the tiebreak situation. So that's the reason why I want South Carolina to win the game, which I think, I don't know. But I think Missouri's going to win the game. In fact, I like the over in this game because South Carolina can actually – Spencer Rattler's still really good. They can't protect him, but he's still really good. They have some playmakers out wide. They're finally running the ball a little bit better. But you're right, defensively, they're not good. Missouri's defense is fine, but they haven't been as good as they were last year. So I would take the I would take the side, seven and a half. I also take the over. But yeah, I like it. I'm not going to take it because I'm I'm not going to let my heart steer me wrong on this one. All right, I only have two left. Do you want to stay on the East Coast? Do you have any ACC plays? I do have an ACC play. Do you have one? I do not. You don't have one. Okay, I'm going to go. Um, this is a, I know this is a risky one, but I like it, man. So here's the thing, guys. Last week, I don't want to make excuses. When did we record that episode last week, Charlie? Tuesday? Yes. So I'm just going to be real, guys. I rec- I mean, you guys, no, I told you. I recorded like four episodes. And we know. You told us like I know. I'm just, I'm just saying. What I'm saying is I didn't have a lot of time to, to look at the picks. I was like, I, I literally sat down and I was like, for like 10 minutes, like, okay, like this game, like this game, like this game. Oh, let's go. Let's go recorded episode. So not making excuses, but that's kind of what happened there. But this week, I don't have no excuses whatsoever because I have spent a lot of times I want to get back on the winning track here. And I know this one seems crazy because Virginia sucks. And it's another team like, Tyler, what are you doing? Why have you watched so many Virginia games? 
I they play on like on Fridays, guys, a lot of times, and I'm just like, hey, Virginia's on. Let's let's watch a football game on a Friday night. So yeah, I've seen Virginia probably more than I should see Virginia. And they're not good. They've won one game. They won their first game last week. Round of applause, Virginia. Beat William and Mary. Good for them. So they are now they're not the only defeated team in the country anymore. So they're not good. I'm not trying to tell you Virginia's good. They're they're not. They're not. Tony Elliott's gonna get fired. They're very bad. And they're playing North Carolina this week. North Carolina, we know, is a good football team. North Carolina is undefeated. Like, watch out. Here comes North Carolina. Here come the Tar Heels. And a lot of people look at North Carolina and say, they're different this year. They've always had a good offense, but it's the defense has been the problem. And this year, man, the massive improvement on the defense side of the ball. And the numbers would tell you, yeah, sure, there seems to be some improvement for North Carolina, but I think it's kind of misleading. you got to factor in who they played. They played Syracuse, Pitt, Minnesota. Three terrible offenses. Now, Syracuse, the first couple weeks, was good on offense, but then their entire offense basically died. Everyone got hurt, and they have no death whatsoever, and they're, it's just like a mash unit out there. And that's who played North Carolina a couple weeks ago. Pitt and Minnesota are 121st and 124th nationally in total offense. So yeah, North Carolina held them in check, but I mean, who are we talking about here? And if you look at the teams that actually can score that North Carolina's played, Appalachian State and Miami, well, App State put up 494 on the Tar Heels. Miami last week put up 482, and they're losing ever. They put up 482, and uh, App State put up 34 points. Miami put up 31 points against North Carolina. So I'm not sure how much the North Carolina defense has improved. It's They're better than they were last year, but how much better? Mm, I'm not sure it's leaps and bounds like some people want it to make it out to be. Yes, again, Virginia's bad, but Tony Musket, what a name, Charlie, Tony Musket is back at quarterback for the Cavs. He missed like four games in the middle of the season, or I guess early in the season. I guess we are in the middle of the season right now. But he's back, and they are now trending in the right direction. Their offense is still not great, but it's better with Musket. So give me Virginia over 16 points, Charlie. That's where I'm going with this. I don't think the North Carolina defense, I'm not saying they're fraudulent, but they're not as good as everyone's making them out to be. With Tony Musket back at quarterback, I think Virginia's on the path to getting, like, to like just being decent offensively. So yeah, give me the Cavs over 16. All right. What do you have left? How many? I got one, two left. Two left. All right. Um, I'm going to go to the Pac-12 real quick. I am picking Washington minus 26 and a half. I know that's a big number, but they are playing Arizona State. They've blown everybody out except for, well, Oregon and Arizona. Arizona, by the way, is actually a good football team. Yes, and last week was the first time I really had time to sit down and watch Washington. Michael Penix, very good. They're impressive. Incredibly dynamic receivers. Yes, so I think that they will certainly be able to win the game, but I also think that they can cover the 26 and a half. And Arizona State's dead. Yes. I mean, they're just DOA, down a rival this year. Not happening for them. I like it, Charlie. I like that one. All right, I'm going to go... I'm going to go to the Big 12 here. I got Oklahoma State. I got another team total for you here. Give me Oklahoma State over 22 points team total. Oklahoma State early in the year, guys, could not do anything offensively. They could not move the football. There's a two-week stretch against Arizona State and South Alabama where they could not move the ball. They got beat by South Alabama 33-7 to at home. Disgusting for them. Very bad. Now, the reason for that, though, there is a reason. They were playing musical chairs at quarterback. They had three different guys. Three guys they were rotating in and out within games, guys. Three guys. But now they've settled on one. They settled on Alan Bowman, who's played football for about 48 years at the college level. He's was at he was originally at Texas Tech. And then like he, he's a guy that kept getting his like liver lacerated, like something crazy, or kidney, I don't know, one of those organs. And then he went to Michigan. He's been sitting behind Kay McNamara and JJ McCarthy. Now he's at Oklahoma State. He has won that job and he has stabilized that team. He's a good solid player. But the difference for Oklahoma State is they found the running back, Ollie Gordon. 
That name, guys, you need to know that name. That dude is legit. It's a really good running back. Big, physical, athletic guy. He's on over 100 yards in each of their last three games. He's averaging 141 yards per game in those last three games against Big 12 opponents, by the way. They've also scored at least 27 points in all four games against Power opponents this year. They have gone for 32 points per game on average over the last three games. They found something, guys. Oklahoma State... After that two-week stretch, has found something on offense. They exploded for a season-high 554 yards last week. So give me Oklahoma State over 22 team total. All right, my last— Against West Virginia, by the way. Sorry. Thank you. All right, my my last play before we get to parlays and upset specials. I have not done well on picking over and under. However— Yeah, you struggled on those. However— when you have Air Force and Navy, you have to take the under. It's Service just, Academy play. Prop, it's, it's a principal play. It's a given. I mean, since 2005, it's been 43, 10, and 1. And games with Service Academies against each other. Yes. Matchups against Service Academies. Yep. The under, you can get it for 35. Take the under. It's just, it's a principle. Yes. I'm not saying it's a given, but like, those are the odds, guys. Charlie's right. Since 2005, 43, 10, and 1. The games against service academies, between service academies, have gone under 43 times. They've gone over 10, and they've pushed 1. You got to play the odds. You got to play the odds there. And by the way, Charlie, the new clock rules, don't you think that favors the under more here with the clock not stopping on first downs? Yes. Because why do these games against service academies go under? Because they all run the freaking option. They don't throw the football. The clock just runs and runs and runs and runs. They don't really hit many explosive plays, just grinding out yards for the most part. And now with these new clock rules, that's only to me that plays even more to the under. So I'm a thousand percent with you here, Charlie. Air Force, Navy, under 35 just go ahead and cash that one. All right. Well, is that all of your? That's your. That's, that's it. That's it. It's We're a card. ready for parlays. All right. I have a three-leg parlay. It's all SEC. Oh, this is the SEC special. All SEC. Is it really? Oh, it We're is. Taking Arkansas over Mississippi State. Go Hogs. Please. Please, dear God. Please. 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 They can't lose another game, Charlie. <laughs> Come on. But here's the thing. Arkansas schedule. This is where it gets light. They had. Ridic- they haven't played at home in like five weeks. They're back at home. Got Mississippi State. They can win that game. They got Auburn. They'll get it home. They can win that game. Like they, they can do this, Charlie. They just can't lose. <laughs> can't so, lose no more. Arkansas over Mississippi State. Missouri over South Carolina, and Ole Miss over Auburn for plus one sixty. All SEC three leg parlay. Go get it. Can I say one more thing about Arkansas? Sure. So you know how I gave up on Arkansas, right? Yep. Famously, after I've been like riding them, like I've, I've had their back all year long. You know what I saw that that. Spread last week against Alabama was like plus nineteen. In fact, I think you took that, right? You took that. I think you took that. Look at your look remember. at your notebook. Look at your notebook. What I think is that? I think Say it was again? Arkansas plus nineteen. Nineteen and a half or something like that. Yes. So you took him and you won, right? Yeah. Well, I said, no, I'm not taking Arkansas. I made a joke and I said, upset special, Arkansas over Alabama. You know what, Charlie? They almost pulled the upset of the century. Almost. But you want you want of course, like the time that I finally give up on Arkansas, they cover a big spread against a team like Alabama. Like, okay. That's what I'm talking about this. That's what I'm talking about this year, guys. Like that's that's the kind of season it's been for me. I've had their back all year. When I jump off the train, Charlie jumps on and she gets the win, and I'm like left here just shaking my head. Anyway, Arkansas, whatever, man. Just do your thing, I guess. All right, my parlay. I got two, Charlie. Can, can I do that? Am I allowed? Two parlays? You had like three last week. Did I parlays? I had three upset specials, I think. And I won all of them. Every oh, every one of them. I, I won every track. upset special. No, I did not actually. All right, uh parlays. Two parlays. Give me Alabama. Air Force, who's actually that Air Force? Like, watch out! Air Force could be a 
uh, New Year's Six team this year. Just put that in your back pocket. Alabama, Air Force, Nebraska over Northwestern at home. Ole Miss over Auburn. That's that's the trickiest one for me. So if you like, if you're not trusting Ole Miss on the road to Auburn, guys, leave that one off. You still get it like plus one twenty five odds. But Alabama, Air Force, Nebraska, Ole Miss all to win on the money line plus one seventy eight odds. I have one more parlay. I usually like to use money lines on parlays. It's a little safer, less risky, right? It's already enough risk when you have multiple teams in one bet. But I really, I just went over, I really like Oklahoma State over 22. I really believe they found something offensively here. They have, they have, I mean, 22 is kind of insulting to how good they've been on offense recently. I know, I think it's an overreaction how bad they were early. I know it's all on the road at West Virginia. Guys, West Virginia gave up 41 points to a very bad Houston team. Houston is very, very bad. So I like, I really like Oklahoma State over 22. So give me that, Alabama to win, Florida State to win, and UCLA to beat Stanford, that comes out to plus 216 odds. I actually really like both of those. I think they're both winners. I really do. I think Mr. Parlay is back in business this week. All right. Upset specials. I only have one. I'm sure you have more than one, but I'm taking Penn State over Ohio State. It is a noon kickoff. That's a great pick, I think it's a great advantage. Penn State, they're going to have to do it eventually. I mean, I hate James Franklin. I hate Ryan Day. There's really no winner here in my book, but... Yeah, I guess Penn State and Italy Lions. I think it's I a great assessment of that game. No, there's no winners here. No. Like, there's just no winners. It's like, okay, whatever. Um, all right, upset specials. Yes, I have three, Charlie. I have three. I'm trying to give you guys some winners here. I'm trying to throw some stuff out here. I felt bad after I had the Georgia Tech money line there, and I didn't give that out. I was like, oh, damn, probably should have given that one out. So I'm going to try to give you a couple more here. So I've got uh, Oklahoma State. Give me the pokes. Straight up over West Virginia on the road. Give me my Emmy. Give me Miami over Clemson and also TCU over Kansas State. I like these road. I like the, well, Oklahoma State and TCU be the road teams. Miami at home over Clemson. So, yeah, Oklahoma State over West Virginia. Miami over Clemson. TCU over Kansas State as about a touchdown dog in that one. All right, let's go over all of them and then we'll get out of here. I'm sure you have some football to watch tonight. Yeah, I got the James Madison. Oh, so big time game. James Madison Marshall, Charlie. Let's go. What a big-time G5 game. I'm pumped for that. All right. I am taking Bama minus 8.5 against Tennessee. Ole Miss minus 6.5 at Auburn. Michigan minus 24 against Michigan State. Mizzou minus 7.5 at home against South Carolina. Washington minus 26.5 against Arizona State. And then the Air Force Navy under 35. Um, Parlay is Arkansas over Mississippi State. Mizzou over South Carolina. And Ole Miss over Auburn, which is plus 160. And then Penn State over Ohio State as an upset special. I think you got some winners there this week, Charlie. All right. This is the week, guys. This is the week. I know I've been saying that, but this is it. This is actually the week. So let's go. Bama, Tennessee, under 48 and a half. That was a spur-of-the-moment play, but you know what? I talked myself into it. I like it. Give me Miami, plus three at home against Clemson. Give me Florida State, minus 14 against Duke. I don't think Riley Leonard's going to play. If he does, I don't think he's going to be effective. Give me Ole Miss on the road, minus six and a half at Auburn. That's a tough matchup for Auburn. I know they get him at home. That's a tough matchup. Ole Miss runs the ball well. Auburn cannot stop the run. UCF, plus 19, getting John Rice Plumlee back, plus 19 at Oklahoma. Give me Texas Tech, minus three at Brigham Young University. Michigan, over 34 team total. Rutgers, Indiana, under 41. Virginia, over 16 team total. Oklahoma State, over 22 team total. I like the team totals this week. And Light Charlie, you got to play the odds, baby. 
Air Force, Navy, under 35. Two parlays for you. Got Bama, Air Force, Nebraska, Ole Miss on the money line, plus 178. You can take Ole Miss off and get about plus 125 odds there. Oklahoma State, over 22. Bama, Florida State, UCLA, the Bama, Florida State, UCLA being on the money line. Give me plus 216 there. And I got three upset specials for you. Oklahoma State on the road over West Virginia. TCU on the road over Kansas State. Miami at home getting back on the winning track against Clemson taking down the Tigers. All right, Charlie. You feeling good? You feeling good about this week? Yeah, let's go. I felt good about last week too. So I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Best of luck. Best of luck, Charlie. That's all we can do. And the bounces will go my way eventually. I was going to say go dogs, but I mean, we always say go dogs. They're not playing, but still go dogs. Always go dogs, Charlie. Always go dogs. All right, guys. Well, thank you for being here. Thanks to Charlie. I'm Tyler. Have a fantastic week and enjoy your bye week. I know, Charlie, you're excited about the bye week. Any big plans this bye week? Laying around watching football from the comfort of my home. That sounds amazing, actually, Charlie. I think I'll be doing a lot of that myself. But have a great weekend, guys. Enjoy whatever you're doing. Take care of business. Whatever you got to do, get it taken care of this week because we got a heck of a stretch run here down the road here the next couple of weeks. But again, for Charlie, I'm Tyler. And of course, as Charlie said, as always, go dog.